One more hour to go on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Big thanks to Willie P. joining us. We'll put that interview on the website, WFNZ.com. I have a question for the text line. Fiddy was talking during the break. You know what? I might go home and throw back a couple coins. It's like, what are you talking about? Wes didn't know either. What he said, that's what some people refer to as beer, which I've never heard of before. Wes, you've never heard anybody refer to beer as coins I haven't, before, man, right? I haven't heard anybody say that. So tell us if we're wrong on this. 704-570-9610. Can you refer to beers as coins? Is that something you just made up, Fiddy? No. Or is that a real thing? No, I'm pretty... I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where, but... You know, maybe this is just something that only people from historic Lancaster and and historic Monroe have in their expanded vernacular. I don't know. So there's so many things that you'll you'll lie about and just kind of say as if it's fact. No, I don't. No, there's a lot. And then when we, I just I want to exploit you on the text line just to see if that's an actual thing. We can also can we get our research team on it as well? We can type. Not you though, because you're gonna lie. You lied. What was it we were looking at? I forget. It was something about Shakespeare. What did you say about Shakespeare that you lied about and just accepted it as fact and that all it took was one Google search to explore, to say, nope, that's actually not true. I said that his uh, his last name was Christopher Mar- or his name was Christopher Marlowe. Oh, yeah, that's end. right. That's right. He said that's Shakespeare's real name. Just, that's the thing. If it's, if it's random enough, then I'm going to believe it because I just have no reason as to why you would lie about something. But that's the thing that you absolutely need to look into. Yeah. Michael 49er fan said, hell no, Fitty, WTF. <laughs> By the way, Michael, that that's our guy that came out to... Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, 49er okay. fan. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, but yeah thank My you, Michael. Guy. Yeah, thank you for yeah. Michael uh, ab- ab- saying to stop lying. Joe Kibbs Jr. said, stop lying, Fitty. Nobody says that. Um, and Moose, no, you stop. Moose is now lying, too. He said, Fitty's right as someone from historic Lancaster and lives in historic Monroe. Also, I could confirm. Mo- Moose is capping. Ain't no way I'm going to. Moose is a Fitty warrior. What he is, is it? Wait, He's a part of the Marlowe militia. Yeah, He's 100%. Yeah. K- you know, KY Jelly, militia, I guess. Huh? That's an interesting name. He's saying, yeah, that's not a thing. Brian said, never heard of it. Fitty is capping, man. Big time. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text us. I want to talk about this Lamar Jackson thing because mm-hmm. it's been all the rage on ESPN and the national NFL headlines. Of course, that's going to happen when Lamar still does not have a deal with any team. In fact, he went with the news publicly yesterday, but he said yesterday that he had actually requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens on March 2nd. So, Wes, we're pushing up on a month now, mm-hmm. a month's worth of time to when Lamar actually requested a trade from Baltimore. One, are you tired of this news story as well as what do you think actually happens with Lamar? I am tired of it. I want him to get this deal. I love Lamar. I interviewed him a couple of times uh, for the ACC, one of the greatest guys uh, that I've interviewed from a character standpoint. You asked his teammates way back then, and you would have never known the guy won a Heisman Trophy the way he acts. And so that's just how Lamar carries himself, and that's the thing that has so many people perplexed. You talk about the money that you gave to Deshaun Watson. What the offseason 
uh, issues that he had. And this is the guy Lamar Jackson keeps his nose clean. No trouble. Great leader on the field. Guys follow him. He's got the stats. He's got the numbers. He's still a young quarterback, a young MVP. I think more than anything, it's just the fact that these owners do not want this deal to come in because they don't want it to become precedent. That's all this is. They don't want it because they know Joe Burrow's coming up. They know Justin Herbert's coming up. And they know if they give Lamar this deal from here on out, that is going to be the standard for NFL quarterbacks. They're going to get guaranteed contracts, and they don't want this thing getting out of control. You've talked about the NFC South. You want him to be in the division. Come on, Atlanta! Especially with the Atlanta Falcons. But (laughs) it does lead to an interesting conversation just as far as how the teams have operated so far within this division at the quarterback spot. Because Carolina, they made their decision when they traded up to the number one overall selection. They're Mm going to draft a QB. There's no reason to go after Lamar Jackson and then trade up for the number one overall selection. That would not make any sense. New Orleans could have done it, but they decided to go after Derek Carr. And I guess they did so before you really picked up this amount of steam with Lamar possibly exiting Baltimore. I have to imagine behind closed doors, New Orleans knew what it was with him, but they settled on Derek Carr, not asking for nearly as much money or that money being guaranteed. Atlanta, they said they weren't going to go after him, but they still don't have a great QB situation right now. And same thing for Tampa, which they have money tied up into a lot of different positions. But Tampa absolutely could go after Lamar, and that would be somewhat interesting, especially with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and that being a team that is looking to continue making the playoffs and trying to go as far as they possibly can. Is there an NFC South team you feel like should pursue and or maybe should have before the moves they already did make, um, what team should have actually inquired about Lamar Jackson? I think Atlanta for sure. I think even still, fits. even more so than New Orleans before Derek Carr, or Tampa Bay, even now. Uh, yeah, because I just think that Atlanta he fits so well with the fan base. I mean, you want to go back and say it's the Michael Vick effect and uh, the type of quarterback because we know Atlanta's uh, has a large African American fan base. A lot of a lot of uh, teams do, but we know Atlanta for the most part is known for a lot of uh, urban activity. We know that as far as the films, the music, and all those things that come out. So Lamar fits that demographic perfectly. I think he would be really good, especially for the type of offense uh, that they want to run. They'll run heavy, and then they want to rely on play action passing and things of the like. So I think that that would be uh, a good move for them to make, bring some excitement there. Uh, You look at Atlanta's cap space right now. They're currently sixth in the NFL, sixth most cap space Uh, they've got. And then when you take a look at Tampa, Tampa would have a much harder time. They're 27th right now. They only have about 5.7 million in cap space. So it would be tough for them to get them. But I think Atlanta would be the team uh, that I would say would be the best fit for him in this division. Well, and I know New Orleans had to kind of restructure a few things given their cap situation, as is always. The joke is that New Orleans does not abide by the cap rules within the NFL. But still, I think New Orleans would have been interesting too. I do want to ask as well, what do you think is the best quarterback situation right now? Panthers traded up to get the number one pick. New Orleans has your boy, Fitty's boy, Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Tampa, we can agree that they're in the worst would yes. you say they're they're in the worst? Because at least Atlanta has Desmond Ritter with But some, we don't know what we're going to get out of him yet. I think those are the last two. Yeah. Those are the last two, I would say. Is New Orleans or Carolina in a better situation, in your opinion? New Orleans. I mean, they're cause a proven product right now. Whatever rookie the quarterbacks uh, that the Panthers get, 
we don't know what they're going to bring. We think they're going to be good, but there's a lot of quarterbacks people thought were going to be good that were not good. But uh, I would veer on the side that the Panthers are going to make a good selection. But, um, you know, I'm going to go with a proven commodity, a guy that's been to multiple Pro Bowls, a guy that's had a ton of fourth-quarter comebacks. I'm going to go with that guy first uh, before I decide to put a rookie over him that hasn't done anything, or Andy Dalton. He's an upgrade tremendously from Andy Dalton. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I think Carolina is the leader in the clubhouse by quite a bit. Yeah. And the reason I think that is because this is a time now within the division where no one has made their move to go get the Q- the QB of the future. Derek Carr is not going to be this franchise guy. If so, they would have signed him like it. So he's not the franchise guy that is going to be there leaps and bounds, you know, 10 years from now. They got 30 AMs. Well, yeah, but it's not the guy that is going. I mean, I would not be surprised if they drafted a QB in order for them to move off of that contract within two years and then move towards the young guy being a part of that squad. So if they do that, that means they will have invested in their future QB later than what Carolina did. Atlanta, same thing, right? Because they have Desmond Ritter, but we know they have not invested big time in the QB spot. And now Tampa Bay, they're kind of left with their pants down because Tom Brady decided to retire. (laughs) And they're going with what? Blaine Gabbard? I don't even know. Kyle Trask? I don't even know. They signed Baker Mayfield. Oh, Baker, that's right. Baker. But okay, still. Duh, I forgot. I completely forgot about Baker Mayfield. It happens. It happens. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm still taking the Tampa Bay thing last with Baker Mayfield after what we saw here in Carolina. So now that they have Baker Mayfield, even so, none of these teams have invested high in their quarterback of the future. So now Carolina beat every single one of the teams in the division to said most important position in all of sports. And their environment is very good for that QB to be successful. Their offensive line is very good. Their weapons are good enough. Average, possibly below average, but they're good enough. And they just put together the best coaching staff in all of the NFL based off what people are celebrating. I think Carolina's in the best spot here, QB-wise. Well, I can't wait for Baker to come through and hit y'all for 300-plus and four TDs. You weren't a fan of Baker either. <laughs> I was about to say, it, if he does, well, maybe. Well, because part of it because he played for the Panthers, but I just can't wait for that to happen. Oh, man, I heard the, the first game that he played with the – well, you don't like Sean McVay either. So, what? Yeah. It, you, you cannot be reversing course here on Baker. <laughs> no, Mayfield. that would just be funny, though, if that happened. No, absolutely it, it not. I'm not reversing course on it. Like I said, I, I felt you give – Derek called the backhand slap that we expect from you where you said, well, they're not paying him like it, and I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a quarterback to get him up out of there in two years. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, am I wrong, though? Like, I've, I yeah, wouldn't be surprised yeah, at all. I, I think you're wrong. So I mean, you're saying you, you wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr's still relatively young. So when you talk about the quarterback position. How old is he? He's past 30. I mean, yeah, but quarterbacks can play a long time because they don't get hit like that. We're not talking about a guy that's used to running out of the pocket or anything like that. So this is not a tremendous athlete we're talking about. This is a guy who sits back in a pocket and he throws the football. Like, So I think that he could play uh, for a very long time. Yeah, I, I guess when you talk about QBs that clearly aren't in Tier 1, how many of them do you yeah, see? He's 32. I mean, that's young for a quarterback. I, well, it's not young. That's young. You got Aaron Rodgers, 39 years old, that he could still play. Who is, he who could is, still play three, four more years. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, Super Bowl winner, one of the better regular season QBs, if you want to hold the postseason success against him, fine. But Aaron Rodgers is seven years older than Derek Carr. And also, like what, is he the oldest player in the league now, now that Tom Brady's out? 
I mean, uh, he might not be. He's he's close if he's not. And so you went, yeah, like it's the oldest QB. If you go to somebody that like Matt Ryan, who's what, 37? Yeah, he's 37. Rodgers is 39. Flacco's 37. Hoyer's 37. Andy Dalton's 35. So Matthew Stafford's 34. But I so think right. that, uh, but these are guys you could see Stafford playing another five or six years. He could, I mean, he, he broke do. down like hell this past season. He could, but I'm just saying his game. Now, he does run around a little bit more, but I'm just saying with the way Derek Carr plays, I think he easily has five more okay, years we can than agree. He's a starter. I mean, easily is a lot. We can still agree he's not young. Unless, I mean, Derek Carr being young is is really far-fetched. I said he's relatively young <laughs> yeah. for a quarterback. Being 32, he could play another five years easy. Unless he gets put on a rocket ship several times where he just can't go anymore, then that would be uh, one thing. Uh, but like I said, I don't think New Orleans is going to address the quarterback position. I think they're going to give at least this year to see if he's capable of being that franchise guy going forward. And if he has a really great season, then I think, okay, we're, we're talking about a guy that's going to be in New Orleans for a while. So do you think New Orleans, because you've called Carolina's offseason the best offseason in franchise history, uh-huh. I would assume that you have Carolina as having the best offseason in the division. So do you have New Orleans with the second best offseason this year? Yeah, I think In the so. division. Yeah, I think so. They address probably their most well, obviously, their most glaring need. I feel like there's a lot of talent around him. They'll probably add some more pieces uh, onto that, especially in that receiving core. But their defense has always been up there as one of the better defenses over the last few years. So I think they have a lot there to make some noise. I do think Atlanta's actually had kind of a sneaky good offseason. Because remember, they bring in Jesse Bates, yeah. big-time safety acquisition. Mm-hmm. Ben Solak talked about how Atlanta absolutely could sneak up on New Orleans and maybe even Carolina, mm-hmm. even though he's taken the Panthers. But also, they reinvested in their offensive linemen who were high draft picks who were good, right? Chris Lindstrom, you take care of him, big-time deal. Kayla McGarry, you take care of him, big-time deal. So just as far as doing the small yet big impact type of business decisions, the one that they've made, I do think Atlanta's had a pretty good offseason, too. It's just Carolina's outrageous with, with all of the moves that they've made, especially with the coaching staff hires that are in place as of now. Let's take a quick break. Let's continue the QB conversation. Wes, I teased it at the very beginning of the show. You're starting to lean one way, at least opening the door, <laughs> as far as who could be there at number one overall for Carolina to choose from. Who is the prospect Wes is talking about you have to stay tuned to find out it's wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz i heard this last friday and then i developed it through the weekend and uh i basically got the the confirmation that i needed from the same person who, oh, by the way, almost a year ago told me that Trayvon Walker was going to be the first pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Throughout the weekend, I tried to have two questions answered, which I could not. And that is, how much how much say is the owner going to have in this pick? Mm. I mean, if, if, if Fitterer and Frank Reich are pushing for C.J. Stroud and Pepper says, I want Richardson, is it going to be Richardson? Was not able to find that out, may never be able to find that out. We're back. The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up, Garage Door Guru, text line 
570-9610. Hit up those socials, Wesson Walker and WFNZ on Twitter and the WFNZ Instagram. Before we get into this talk, because I like that bite, but a key part of it, uh, we also have to uh, break down as well. But before we get to that, we have Jim Salani on the line uh, who has a little something to say to Walker, if I'm not mistaken. What you got for me, Jim? Well, I'll tell you, boys, and good afternoon to you. I, uh, I've done a lot of things first on FNZ, and today was an absolute first. I was dropped for Willie P because he's afraid to get in his car and drive down the damn road. <laughs> Willie, see, I tried to get him in the studio, but he even, not only did he diss you with that, but he also dissed us by saying, you know, I'm going to have to be back up there for the Hornets game, doing post game tonight. And so I think we were all dissed, Jim. I think we all have a big old gripe with Willie P. Well, I hope he's laying back and enjoying some afternoon delight, you know. You know, Wes, you mentioned uh, you mentioned five pairs of brand-new Jordans. I wouldn't go buy five pairs of Jordans unless you two went with me. I mean, I got to have some backup. I got to have some strength, some, some height, some security if I'm going to buy me five pairs of Jordans. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you go to some of these boutiques and stuff, the way they cost, you might need some security uh, coming up out of there because people going to know you got the bag, man. <laughs> well, get, we're going to have them looking right, though. I mean, I want to see Swaggy Selenia up in the building. Yeah. Well, speaking of swag, about an hour ago, you were talking about the long sleeve T-shirt. I love him myself, and I'll tell you why. His name is Bob Greasy. He's from my hometown. <laughs> and nobody, nobody was rooting for the Dolphins more than Evansville, Indiana. And Bob would wear that orange long sleeve jersey under his football jersey and it was sweet it looked great and i've been a fan of that ever since i'll tell you what uh, you can't go wrong with that uh, don't be down on it no uh, the long live long live the long sleeve t-shirt no i'm totally with it especially if you're playing football in the cold it makes all the sense in the world for quarterbacks i know patrick ewing was the first to wear a t-shirt under his basketball jersey i want to know who was the first to wear a long sleeve t-shirt under maybe a basketball jersey or even just using it in football that would be interesting to look up i've never seen it on the basketball floor ewing uh looked look goofy out there he should have shown off the arms and the shoulders that's the way a basketball players supposed to look, you know. Yeah, I like that. Selenia, you know, telling you what it used to be like back in his day. I love it. Bob Greasy and Patrick Ewing talk here with the Selenia Hour. Jim, we thank you so much for calling in, man. Always appreciate it. All right, me and Jack are going outside. He's going to bark at everything that moves or walks. Okay. Oh, just like my dog, the sign of a good dog, alert and attentive to everything going on. We appreciate him for joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. All right, so when we were talking about uh, before the break saying that Tony Pauline had uh, a very, very interesting soundbite. Now, we heard Thomas Davis uh, earlier talk about how that he's hearing things about Richardson maybe being the pick and that he's not thrilled with it. Tony Pauline also said that uh, he's hearing that it is between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and that the same source that told him that Trayvon Walker was going to go to the Jaguars and an upset in the eyes of many that many people didn't see this coming until right up before the draft. So him saying that, and then he also talked about how uh, Richardson's stock is starting to climb even more because of what he's shown uh, on the chalkboard or grease board or whatever you want to call it, Fitty Rota sound. Frank Reich is looking at him saying, listen, look at this guy's upside potential. Haven't seen a quarterback with this upside potential and – who knows how long I will coach him to be a, a fantastic uh, quarterback next level. I will coach him to be that franchise quarterback that he potentially can. I will tell you this. I talked to a lot of people who interviewed him 
and they were surprised by how many how much he didn't know. I mean, it, it just he's got such a learning curve as far as uh, you know the NFL is concerned, being a quarterback's concerned. He doesn't have a big body of work, and you're absolutely right. There, and I've said this all along. He has got a massive bust uh, factor to him, and it's surprising to me. I could see C.J. Stroud. But it's surprising to me that they, the Carolina Panthers are so high on him with that first pick of the draft. Okay, so then I got confused on that by because he talked about, he was saying how much he didn't know, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he said that. So uh, what did you think about this report and its validity with him uh, saying what he said and what Thomas Davis saying as well, how many people up there like Anthony Richardson? About Richardson? Yeah, I mean, look, if he's got a source that he believes in, in part because that same source told him that Trayvon Walker was going to be the first overall pick, then I understand why you would feel comfortable sharing that on the podcast. Now, it doesn't seem like he is going full on saying Carolina's going to draft him, right? Like, if he, Tony Pauline doesn't do mock drafts. Last time we had him on, mm -hmm. he poo pooed him big time. As soon as I asked him about whether he had 3.0, 3.7 versions out there of his mock drafts, I don't know if he would say Anthony Richardson would be the number one pick, but he did talk about that being a source. Can I throw some reckless speculation, conspiracy theory stuff out there for you? Okay. Okay. So you mentioned Thomas Davis there, right? Thomas mm -hmm. Davis, he came on and said to Daniel Jeremiah after he had Carolina taking, I think, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, number one overall. Thomas Davis said, look, I think it'll be Anthony Richardson, and I'm not going to be a fan of the pick. All right, so Thomas Davis says that about Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. Then Tony Pauline says he had a source tell him about Trayvon Walker being the number one overall pick. Wes, where did Trayvon Walker go to school? Georgia. Where did Thomas Davis go to school? Georgia. Who's the one that we've told that we've talked about also saying maybe Anthony Richardson could be the first overall pick? It's Thomas Davis. Do we think that Tony Pauline Source is indeed one former Georgia Bulldog mm. and former Panther, Thomas Davis? That's the conspiracy theory for me. <laughs> Thomas Davis, we only talk about him in conspiracy now, mm -hmm. and I think we can attribute this as well. I'm just saying, look it up. Maybe the research team can get something on it. If we send our finest journalists out there, maybe they can dig something up. We will have to dig something up. Now, Albert Breer came out, and he is on the contrary. He's saying that Bryce Young has been the leader in the clubhouse the entire time. Yeah, I think Bryce Young has been the leader in the clubhouse throughout for them. You know, and I think going back to, you know, when they were talking about moving up to the number one overall, Bryce Young was sort of the baseline. So, you know, what I mean by that is when you trade for him, you got, when you get trade for that pick, you got to be comfortable. Like somebody here is worth the first overall pick. And that's somebody I think for the Panthers was Bryce Young. And now they do work on all four of the quarterbacks, Levis and Richardson and, of course, C.J. Stroud, and see if any of those guys pass Bryce Young for them. But as of right now, I think that that baseline for them and who they take first overall would be Bryce Young. Now, I think the guy who's closest for them would probably be C.J. Stroud. I think like, they like both those guys. I think they view both those guys as worthy of the first overall pick. And I think they'll be sort of parsing things between the two of them. Um, going off of that, I mean, because Tony Pauline also talked about they asked him if Bryce Young was out of the equation. And so now you just you hear so much stuff. But like I said, the thing that kind of caught my ears the most is just that, like I said, the fact that Pauline had his guy and then off what TD said, because, you know, I said when we talked about this pre-show, I felt like if TD was really trying to, uh, you know, blow smoke for the Panthers, that he would have he wouldn't have said that he doesn't like uh, that idea to take him. But I think that 
Richardson's workout is going to be huge. I think when TD said that uh, they were going to make a very surprising pick, I'm just not ruling out at this point that it could be Anthony Richardson. I just, I just am not. I feel like that uh, it could indeed come down to that, and I would not be surprised at this point if it is him. So Albert Breer talked about Bryce Young still being the leader in the clubhouse. At least it was for a long time with the Carolina Panthers. And C.J. Stroud could also be that guy that is a close second. And so you're getting all of these different reports. And we're going to be doing this up until draft time. Yes. This is what's going to be happening. <laughs> I, I am not – I feel pretty confident – and not getting off of the platform that says the pick will either be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I feel very confident in that. And I understand Tony Pauline gave you the source. I know Thomas Davis talked about that, too. Totally get it. To me, I just don't think it makes sense for a Carolina Panthers team to trade up from number nine all the way to number one in order to secure your shot at Anthony Richardson with all of the risk that come with it. I am one that's even come around more so to the idea of drafting trades like Josh Allen, like Justin Herbert, to name a couple of examples here recently that have worked out. But those guys weren't drafted number one either. So because there are some significant flaws, you wait just a little bit in order to take them, what, five, six, seven, whenever they were selected. If you're Carolina and you gave up that many draft assets and DJ Moore, to move up to number one and take a guy with that many question marks, such as Anthony Richardson has, I just can't buy it. If you were to really be all in on Anthony Richardson, to me, I think you would trade up to maybe three even. I think you could hold on to DJ Moore if you get got rid of all the other assets. But that's the thing. I just can't see them trading up to number one with all those question marks, giving up as much as they did, and then moving up to one when they could have maybe given up a little less to move up to three or anything like that and still had their shot at Anthony Richardson because we still expect C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young to be one and two on most people's list as far as who the best QBs are. I'll also ask you, when you look at a Josh Allen, and you did talk about the fact that they didn't go number one then, but do you think that that can play into this now where – they're looking at that and say, hey, we can turn him into what Josh Allen is and yeah. take him at number one because I think that could play into it as well where you have the guy who comes out. I mean, Josh Allen's last year at Wyoming, he goes for 1,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, six picks, and a 56% completion rating, which is coming off of a 56% in 2016 when his buzz uh, began he went 28 touchdowns 15 interceptions and that was when his buzz really started to begin as a prospect you look at Richardson 53 percent uh pass around 54 17 TDs and nine picks 2500 yards passing now we're just talking about the passing numbers we know the rushing uh is there 654 yards nine yeah. touchdowns but I think that they could be looking at that the fact that Josh Allen is looked at as one of the upper echelon quarterbacks he is looked at as an MVP candidate MVP candidate year in and year out and probably will be for the rest of his career. I think they look at Anthony Richardson and say, hey, we could have uh, our version of Josh Allen right here. We can get this guy and coach him up. Yeah, no, it's a good point. The only thing I'd say is if you go back to Josh Allen, that was in a QB class where nobody knew who the number one pick should be. So Josh Allen, and even then, he wasn't the number one pick. I get what you're saying now. Mm -hmm. Now we know what we know. And maybe that would drive some of these teams to take that guy number one overall. But we've always talked about this QB class being something special. 
right? It was last year where the QB class was historically awful. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett was the only first round pick. And even then you had to wait to the twenties before you saw that guy go off of the board. And it was always, Hey, wait next year for CJ Stroud, wait next year for Bryce Young. There was a little bit about Anthony Richardson as being a Heisman hopeful, but didn't even come close this past season. I just think that there's going to be too many risks, especially with those guys on the list, right? Like if you had last year's quarterback class, then maybe, I mean, Anthony Richardson would be the guy that you would take number one overall. If you wanted to secure that pick or something like that, I don't know. Um, Maybe you feel like you could wait and get them right. Like I just, to me, if you're talking about traits, those types of guys go a little bit later. Even Pat Mahomes went 10, you know, and he was kind of a boom or bust project or prospect, I should say. And he, even he went number 10 overall. I don't think they're going to trade up to number one to go get Anthony Richardson. If they were to trade up and go get him with him being in their crosshairs, I think that would have probably been at the highest three to me. I think that, you know, when you talk about what he does or doesn't know on the grease board and saying that he, doesn't know much. I think though some coaches could look at that as I won't necessarily say an all-out positive, but they could look at it as okay, this is a guy we can shape and mold because his quarterback brain hasn't been fully developed yet. Like they can look at it like that, like hey, we can teach this guy good habits and what to look at, what not to look at, and things of that nature. Because we've seen quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think as far as prospects go, there's been a better quarterback on the grease board than Jameis Winston. Uh, he was looked at as a savant coming out of Florida State. Coming out of high school, he was looked at that way. And look how many turnovers uh, that he would make on a game-in, game-out basis. So you can put stock into what do they know so far. But I think with Richardson, again, I just think that there's a whole lot there for coaches to work with. I think they look at him as a piece of clay that they can shape and mold. And I think that his workout is going to be vital. He shows the requisite accuracy. Like I said, so Frank Reich talked about a lot of these pro days just being more so confirmation Mm -hmm. that there wasn't anything that they didn't shuffle the hierarchy of the QBs they'd be willing to take. It was all about confirmation. And so you have the right to change this if you want. Right. Like I'm not holding you to this up until draft time. But as of right now, are you leaning so much so in the Anthony Richardson camp? that you think if it were to happen today that Richardson would be the first overall pick? Or are you just giving this a lot more validity than I am as far as him being the possible number one pick? Like, well, what I, would you lean more towards today? I even said yesterday that I thought that Richardson was going to be a part of the conversation in the building. And I think that's going – and that's why I said I don't think the Panthers know who they want to take today. Uh, it's hard for me to say that they would they would take him because it would be surprising to so many – well, it just seems like you put a lot of stock in this comment from Paul. I, I do. I think that, like I said, I would say at this point, I do think it's going to come down to Stroud or Richardson. Oh, so you think Bryce Young is out of it now? Why is that? I'm just like I said, from what I'm hearing, I the the like I said, the, the sound bites we just played from Paul. Well, even Albert what Breer TD said, but even Albert Breer said Bryce Young has been the leader in the clubhouse for the Panthers. But he didn't like. I know Albert Breer is one of the big timers out there, but I just didn't hear it sourced. Like, I didn't hear him say that, yeah, you know, from what I've been hearing from this or that, it's been him all the time. It just sounded like kind of more so his opinion. No, but he said that's what that's what his sourcing is telling. Like, Pauline, I guess, gave us this individual source told me what Trayvon Walker did. I guess Breer didn't give us that, but it, that's, yeah, that's, that's what, what he's been that's hearing. What I was, that's, and I'm just saying how it sounded to me. I'm sure that... 
he may have talked to somebody, but that's just how it came across to me. And the fact that TD said, I've been talking to people in the building like, and people upstairs think this, this, that, and the third. So that's why I said, I'm just not at this point. I thought Richardson was out of the mix for them once they traded up to number one because I felt like he was a guy maybe they would settle for if they stayed at nine or if they traded up to a um, a lesser pick than one. But now at this point, like I said, I don't think they know who they want fully, and I think Richardson is for sure in the mix. Reverend Herbaceous is saying that Mahomes could throw the ball in college. He was obvious. I mean, not to nine NFL teams. Right. I mean, I was about to say, like, that was, yeah. Look, he was ridiculous. Like, Pat Mahomes was ridiculous in college. I'm not saying that Aaron or uh, Anthony Richardson had the same type of year, but we're talking about boomer bust guys here. That that was absolutely what people viewed Pat Mahomes. Yes. No, you're not going to get me to say that Anthony Richardson was as good as Pat Mahomes in college. The numbers he put up were ridiculous, but you still had risk in the NFL minds, and Kansas City is the one that traded up to go get him. If he was so obvious, then why didn't he become uh, a top nine pick? That's, you know, so yeah, like I, I get what you're saying. Let's not get it twisted and think that. Anthony Richardson had as good of a college career as Pat Mahomes, but he was absolutely viewed as this really scary prospect to take him because he was interception prone sometimes. Well, over to our number one pick, Fitty, to give us his last flash of the day. Uh, you, you can trade up for him. I, you know, I don't know if I'm. I'm going to let you. I want all the assets. I want all of the snacks. I want the assets for that number one overall. Pick. Can't afford it. Uh, some news <laughs> coming out of the NFL annual meetings. There have been two bids submitted to the Washington Commanders, and one includes the Josh uh, Harris-Mitchell Rails group, which now includes Magic Johnson. And, Wes, you were talking about during the break, you would love to see Magic and that group be able to buy the Commanders. Why is that? Well, for one, if I'm not mistaken, there's zero minority ownership uh, in the NFL, especially when you talk about from the African-American perspective. So for Magic to be able to pull off that feat, uh, along with his group, I think that uh, that would be excellent for a franchise that definitely needs uh, an image changing with everything that Daniel Snyder uh, has been accused of. So uh, I'd love to see Magic and his crew get this thing done. Magic Johnson just wants to have his hands in everything as far <laughs> as an owner goes, right? Like we saw this. Doesn't he have a stake in the Honey Hunters baseball franchise here? Doesn't he have something yeah. to do with that? That's what I thought. So Magic Johnson doing that, also being a part of Commander's ownership, Dodgers as well. Magic Johnson living his best life out here. Yeah, no doubt about it. So when we come back, we close this thing down. What's on tap and on this day in sports history, this is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. segment here on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ reminding you once again that Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match so stop by, get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends, join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse and coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by not only Jack Daniels but Pepsi, powered also by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports fan. 
Time now for What's on Tap. McDonald's game tonight. You were watching the dunk contest yesterday. Ronnie James got second in that dunk contest. We'll get to see him play again here tonight. What are some things that you're watching for, Wes? I know you are excited about this. You'll certainly be paying attention. Yeah, this will be the first McDonald's game I've watched in a while. I mean, I want to see Ronnie James, what he looks like uh, against that competition. And then also DJ Wagner. I was a big fan of his dad, uh, Dewan Wagner's, and DJ Wagner's the number one player in the country, so I can't wait to see what uh, he does out there as well. And we got Canes tonight, so, you know, nice sports. That was always one of the things that I always lacked behind, where I did not know the prospects coming into the college basketball teams, just always growing up. That's just always what I always put on the back burner, because I paid attention to everything else. That was was something I didn't know. Oh, okay, five-star? Cool. I knew that in November when teams would make their debut. And uh, not, not too sure, usually, about the prospect classes. Now it's a little different, because... I, I just feel recruiting's always been huge. I mean, I'm not, you know, getting too crazy. Just feels like a lot more people are talking about it. Social media allows you to see that a lot more with mixtapes. Are there any Carolina players in this McDonald's All American game, Fitty, that we can take note of? Or I'd, I'd figured you'd have this on What's on Tap as well, and you'd remember watching. Oh uh, yeah, no, nope. <laughs> that's yeah, not great. But it's always been about the 2024 class for North Carolina, right? Like, that's the one that everybody's been excited about. Yeah, I mean, they got a five-star coming in this class in Simeon Wiltshire. But, yeah, that, that 24 class, right now it's still connected. Ian Jackson reassured he's not going to decommit to go play for Rick Pitino. How, how comforted are you by that? Like, that because a lot of people were expecting that news to drop a couple days ago. Like, here's the thing. If he decommits, I'm not going to be mad at the kid. Like, to right. stay home and play for a Hall of Fame head coach and rebuild a once-proud program. I'm not going to get too mad at that. And given where Carolina basketball is, it's okay for him to be a little shaky on his commitment to Huber Davis and Carolina basketball. Yeah, Duke has three kids playing tonight, and Kentucky has four. It's a very mature take from Fitty. It is. I'm so- I thought he was going to say something really reckless <laughs> if he decided not to go to Carolina. No, look, I'm comfortable criticizing college kids. High school is a complete, like, I'm never going to sit on here and rag on a kid for right. a decision that they make. All right. 17, 18 years old. That's I'm the cutoff sure you. to catch this heat from one Josh Fitty Marlowe. Hmm. Interesting. Now we know. I did want to update everybody on a little piece of NFL news that broke. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network put out something very important. He said, the NFL owners have approved the player's proposal to wear number zero. <laughs> in upcoming seasons. Nice job making it dramatic. I'm I'm so in, in favor of this. What <laughs> Panther would look best wearing number zero? It's exactly what I was thinking of. Now, the thing to do is to put it on the heaviest player that goes out there. <laughs> <laughs> Can Derek Brown just get rid of I'm 95? I'm about to say you want to put it on DB. I do. I think I want Derek Brown to wear number zero. But I do want, I, I like the idea of the number zero carrying the football. So maybe just give it to Miles Sanders if he's going to be the lead back. I want to see zero in the frame as much as possible. So give me Miles Sanders wearing number zero or a wide receiver as well. But if you want defense, if you just want the biggest dude out there, Derek Brown would be my choice. Is there anybody else that would be in the running? I just don't get like, why are you so hot in the shorts about the number zero on a football player? It looks sexy, baby. I'm all about you playing sexy and looking sexy with mm. that jersey single aesthetic. It matters. I don't think it does, man. No, it matters a lot. No, of the three of us who could pull off the zero the best, probably BTB, right? <sighs> yeah, because he's bigger, too. He's a former offensive lineman. 
Is your mom getting custom jerseys for the uh, the game we're, we're supposed to pull up in and play in May? Uh, uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> Details to be TBA. Okay, very good. All right, what happened on this day in sports history, Fitting? All right, guys, I just got one artifact for you guys today, but pretty artifact. interesting. Uh, yeah, kind of like coins, you know. It's it's what the old oh. people, sophisticated people used to say. Can't wait to go home and drink a few of those. <laughs> hmm. On this day in 1950, the City College of New York beat Bradley 71-68 to in the NCAA tournament final to become the only team to win the NIT tournament and the NCAA title in the wow. same year. They beat... Um, Bradley also in the NIT final 69 to 61. Do you think the City College of New York is a blue blood for being the only team to ever <laughs> achieve both of these feats? How the they same do time? that? I mean, they played the game one day, the NCAA championship one day, and then the NIT the next day. I don't know. I wasn't born in 1950. I have zero clue. we got to get a research team on it. And we did miss the easiest one here, by the way, as far as who should wear number zero. The text line is so right, and I apologize for us not thinking of it. It needs to be whoever the number one pick is. If you are C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and you sport number zero, to be the first ever QB to sport zero would be awesome, especially if you're going to have the football in your hands as much as anybody. I, I am all in favor of this. I what couldn't be the number one pick and wear zero. Oh, no, it'd be great. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, who cares, man? Anthony Richardson <laughs> coming on end rounds. I would love it. I would absolutely love to see any of those QBs wear the single-digit zero. You're seven, you were 74? 72. Oh, 72 in college. Do you still – it's it's a big number to have as, like, your lucky number, but is that still the thing you rock with most – all right, it's on your, it's tatted on your forearm. That's I imagine right. it's pretty important to you. It, that it is. <laughs> What's your lucky number, Fitty? What'd you wear in all those church leagues that you played in? Oh, my number's five. That's why it's like in my email, my for Twitter Jay handle, or Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Not because all legendary Carolina point guards for a time wore five: Lawson, Marshall, my all-time fave, Page. That is true. Yeah. Ed Coda was he? What was he? he yeah, was, he wore yeah. five. Was he five? That was my favorite. It was also my dad's number growing up. That was mm. that was always my biggest weakness when it came to sports trivia. I was awesome at it. Numbers I wasn't great at. I knew surface level numbers, but I could not go deep in the archives and say this player wore number uh, zero or, or number whatever. Vince Carter wearing number 15. That's why I tried to rock 15 as much as I could. But they didn't have that. But then you didn't dunk on senior night. How can you wear Vince's number and not dunk on senior night? That's true. So I didn't have the power of the 15. So what I did wear, I wore 52 my junior year for James Worthy. I needed it to have some kind of Carolina resemblance. Mm. And then senior year, I wore 34 for Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. In one Carolina, but still. Great influences. 100%. So those are the ones. The problem is the 52... The larger the number was, the, the bigger, bigger the size of the jersey. So 52 was draping on me. I'm like, we're not doing that anymore. Uh -huh. I was a skinny high school kid, true to my nickname Slim that Fiddy has given me. So 34 fit a lot better. Okay. And just like Jalen Rose, by the way, I would always go for the XXX size shorts so I could have them go past the knees because we still just weren't up enough with the times. They're still <laughs> a little short. Yeah. So I had to get the longest shorts I possibly could. Okay. Go. That's Swag. what I need to do. And that's my high school playing career. Thank you for listening. Mm. Not only to that, but everything else, we'll put it all on our website, WFNZ.com. Keep it right here with the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next alongside Smoke Ludwig, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.